B-Dog and Jackrabbit rocking the mic freestyle. You want to out conspiracy the conspiracies? You come here for the 411. Stepchild's gonna come a knocking on daddy's door sooner or later and say, yo, what the fuck was up with this? What original thought does? The objection, this is coming from Zachariah Sitchin's interpretations of the Sumerian texts and he being one of the six people in all of humanity that actually learned how to read that language and did a pretty good scholarly job of it to boot 12 books later or 15, whatever. He came up with some pretty interesting data. The thing that jumped out to me at book after book after book is that Enlil, the commander of the whole deal, kept objecting to the creation of humanity and any furthering along of human development is the objection that sooner or later humans are going to live as long as the Anunnaki. Now the Anunnaki and the tablets admit again and again and again that they are not immortals. They simply have an extended lifespan because of the circadian rhythm of their planet, Nibiru, that has a 3,600 Earth year orbit around the sun. So one of our years, one of their years equals 3,600 years of our years. Because one year is an orbit around the sun. So what's the objection? Why is that the principal objection? Again and again and again. And it's not answered in the tablets. But all of the evidence to point to why that's the principal objection, because that's the objection that sways his peers. They describe in the tablets again and again and again how even though Enlil is the commander and Enki is the lord of the earth, and they use these vaunted titles like God, they describe a more or less democratic process of deciding what gets done. And when major decisions come along, like let's create a hybrid slave workforce, the council is gathered. And for questions like the one about humanity, it's not just the Anunnaki who are present on the earth at the time, they actually get Big Daddy Anu from the home planet to come down and sit in on the discussions and work out what's actually going to happen. So even though they don't call it a democratic process, and even though it is presented in certain formats in the tablets as though it is an absolute hierarchy of dictatorship, the process that they describe of how they organize themselves and how they make decisions that affect the entire colony are based on a communal discussion and resolution based on a majority vote. And the thing that comes up, Enlil brings it up again and again and again in tablet after tablet after tablet at every stage of the human question, 
the objection that sways a lot of his peers to vote his way is sooner or later, the humans are going to figure out our secret to long life. So that objection informs us of two things. Number one, it informs us that no matter how naturally long the Adenuki lifespan is, they developed medical technology and nutritional sciences to extend that already long lifespan even further. And it's described in the tablets how they had to bring certain species of plants to Earth because the installation here, the Anunnaki were suffering health problems because they didn't have the vital nutrients that had been developed to protect them from things like aging and disease. So they had to bring those things here and cultivate them so that they could continue to have their long lifespan here on Earth with a shorter circadian rhythm. The second thing it informs us of is they had sublight technology. If they could travel at or near the speed of light, the commute from Nibiru to Earth would be very, very short. It would be hours. But what they describe in the tablets is months, if not years, depending on how you can figure out how they kept track of time, of space travel. And they could only get supplies and personnel from Nibiru and also return the rare elements that they were harvesting from Earth to Nibiru at certain points in that extended orbit when Nibiru was close enough for their ships to get from Earth to Nibiru. Now again, if they had light speed or close to light speed travel, it wouldn't matter what point Nibiru's orbit was at, they could make the journey in a matter of hours. So they couldn't. But their extended lifespan, sorry, gave them the advantage they needed to make the journey. So, you know, we're talking about how to keep two astronauts alive for the six year journey between here and Mars. Well, to a being that lives hundreds of thousands of years, six years, not that big a deal. Or 10 years, because they had to go farther than Mars at the closest point that Nibiru is to Earth, it is still sublight speeds at least a decade of space travel away. Now, that's a problem for humans. We don't want to give up a decade in what we're taught is a 60 to 80 year lifespan. You're giving up an eighth of your life on one leg of the journey. What if you plan to come back? Now that's a big problem. Not so much problem if you live 50,000 years. So what is the nature of Enlil's objection to an extended human lifespan? 
stepchild's gonna come a knocking on daddy's door sooner or later and say, yo, what the fuck was up with this? <laughs> and why is that a problem? Again, why is that the objection? If they were doing everything, quote unquote, by the book, if this Anu figure was really the king that they present him to be, why does he care if the rest of his home planet finds out what his sons have been up to? Or, as is clearly stated in Sitchin's book, The Lost, uh, the Lost Something of Enki, Lost book. The Lost Book of Enki, Enki clearly states in the deliberations when they were first going over the plan to create humanity, they actually bring up the fact that they've abolished slavery on their home world. It's been recognized to be morally wrong and an insufficient platform for society to be based upon. So they know they're breaking the rules. They know they're doing the wrong thing from the very outset of the, uh, in the expediency of creating a slave race to carry on the manual labor that the installation Ananuki no longer want to do. So they already know that it's wrong. Mm -hmm. And if we can infer anything from human history, we declared slavery wrong on both moral and economic and legal footings. One can presume if this race of humanoid Ananuki have already dealt with and answered the question of slavery with the same answer, there would be some pretty hefty laws in place on their world against slavery. That would probably include a big no-no on creating a whole nother race just to be your slaves. Mm -hmm. But on another planet... Well, this is now we can check in with the great masters of writing and science fiction. And, you know, every student that's taught science fiction is taught to read the masters. You go read some Carl Sagan, you read Orson Scott Card, you read the technical instructions and the first thing you have to decide if you're writing a science fiction story is do the people you're writing about have to answer at all or in what degree to their home planet because that's going to inform how your characters are going to behave so here we have arguably an advanced long-lived humanoid species but they're not so advanced because they only have sublight, slower than light travel. They're splashing down for the first 10,000 years in the Arabian Sea and the Mediterranean in capsules that by all description and ancient texts that have been illuminated look pretty much exactly like the Apollo capsules that they returned to Earth in. 
those little, the, only the little tiny triangle round capsule tip of the rocket ship makes it back through the atmosphere and they can't land on the ground, they have to splash down in the ocean. And then eventually we developed technology that allowed us, the space shuttle, to make landings like an airplane, mm -hmm. like an aircraft. Right. Mm -hmm. The next step in the evolution of the technology, we've already seen it, directional thrusters. So you don't need a long runway. You can come in at a velocity. You can use braking thrusters to achieve your geographic position, and you can set down like a helicopter. Mm -hmm. None of this has cracked the speed of light barrier. All that does is make your touchdown more comfortable on your slower than light journey between planets. So if Enlil brings it up again and again and again and again, that his objection to humanity is not based in morality, he's not taking the moral high ground that slavery is wrong, which would probably have been the winning argument, and then we don't <coughs> exist. <laughs> Right? No, no, no. He never argues for the moral position that slavery is wrong. He argues for the fact that in the end game, eventually slavery is unsustainable. The slaves always break free, and the slave masters have some answering to do. And there's the fear of the human long lifespan. Wow. Whew. That's one radio show. Down. Thank you for tuning in to the Indigo Hour.